Welcome back to the Trade Portal, a C2C trade show. I am your gatekeeper and host, Todd at FF underscore Banterman Foster. And I am joined by Dave Shefty. Is that how I say your last name right, Dave? No. How'd I say it's, it, man? It's Steffi. Steffi. Yeah. Steffi. Dave Steffi. That's now, one of the Dave. things we didn't cover pre-show. It's all good, man. I'm fine with that. Now, the reason why I don't really know how to pronounce your last name is we've never talked before, but I've known you for years, right? So Both true. Dave and I have been in our first C2C that's in year five, we believe. Like, we're having a difficult time doing the math, but we're going to go with five. So, so we've been trading since day one back and forth. So when we talk about trading on this show, which is what the show is about, who better than one of my favorite trade partners to bring on? So Dave, it's <laughs> awesome for us to finally talk. It's awesome for you to be on the show. And thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to be here. You are absolutely one of my favorite people to trade with. You have such a great positive energy in in the fantasy football leagues where most people are just such salty, uh, angry people all the time that whenever whenever you show up, it's always like, all right, cool. What you got to say? Yeah, thanks, man. That That's what I try to go for. And the best thing, too, is, is like I bring that energy where people don't know me in leagues. It takes a little bit to get used to me because I do talk trash. You know what I mean? But sure. I find a way to kind of balance it and make it yeah. fun, you know? Like, you know it's, it's a joke, you know? All right. So uh, so today's focus is the, the idea of the show is what are we missing? So we're identifying guys that are going too late in recent startup drafts. So we're going to dig into why are these guys going so late? Because what are we possibly missing about these guys that's making them fall so far? Uh, so we're going to give our view on why these guys should be off the board sooner. And we're going to take a stab at some trade equivalents for each player, whether it's a rookie pick, a supplemental pick, uh, a player equivalent, um, you know, and try to even figure out where they might land in the NFL draft when their time comes about. Um, and because we also know that a great trade target is ADP. ADP, people, it's a really sticky thing that people kind of like hold on to. So like a guy would be like, you know, I invested this into that. I don't want to move them right now, you know? Where people invest their picks is a big part of what makes a, a trade go or doesn't go. So that's a big part of the indicator, like for the show. So when we talk about ADP, if a guy's going much later in a draft, it means he's much, much, much cheaper. All right. And oh, Miller Light, dude. No, 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 no. All right. Excuse me. I need my IPA for a second. Oh, but... no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. And also, anybody who's checking this out on a podcast later on, remember, this is typically a live stream. So anything you're not you're missing out that you can see is please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can find it over on our Twitter page. All right. So the key questions for today. Why do we run into these situations in C2C where guys that we think that should be going so much earlier are going so much later? And will we ever have like a consistent consensus set of data for us to better work with like we do in dynasty leagues and what should managers really change about their mindsets to avoid the pitfalls of like getting caught up in adp which is pretty ambiguous in in c2c i would say it, it there's it's it's a big standard deviation across leagues when it comes to adp you know so dave like what are some of your thoughts about how people can kind of change their mindset when they go into drafts when they're looking at where certain guys are going um well i love the college side of the c2c leagues and i think that often college points get neglected 
not all points are equal in in most fantasy players' eyes. It seems to me, and uh, I don't agree with that. I want I can kind of look at both sides of the leagues and think like, oh, you know, obviously a player who has great CFF potential and who's going to have NFL potential that's way more points than any player who specializes in one or the other, you know, high round players. But I pivot early to big CFF production. Um, and I think that uh, like bias just, just uh, right. and shiny new toy syndrome where yeah. freshmen yep. go way higher than, you know, some of the players we'll talk about later that are maybe a little forgotten little, you know, banged up, uh, not exciting anymore, but seemingly are in line for a lot of production and potentially, you know, decent NFL draft capital. Yeah, I can't wait till we start having the discussions who should be going 101 in Superflex drafts over like Harrison or like Caleb Williams, you know, because like people are like, like, what's like, like, what's the new take, you know, like that kind of stuff. But like, I'll give an example of a guy that I like that you're talking about, like, like Rashid White, well, Rashid Rice, right? Like he's a guy that was double digit round picks in startups ends up being a second round early second round pick in rookie drafts because that college production that he sustained with given that the other athletic metrics that he put out, he was a guy that was not a big Debbie asset, but the people in T2C knew who he was because he put up points. So CFF points do matter in terms of players building up their resume as well, you know? So I think that's another thing that people need to think about is too, especially with guys that are outside of the power five, you know, like those are the guys that are going to build up a resume where they're going to start sneaking into, uh, into the NFL draft early than we expected. All right. So without further ado, we're going to start with Dave's first guy. Jaquinton Jackson, running back out of Utah, six foot two, two twenty six. Uh, so he was a startup pick at the three twelve, which was Dave's seven oh nine and nine oh one. So I feel like the deviation for a player. This is our biggest one, Dave. Right? That's a so, big spread. Big spread. So uh, where do you think he should be going in so in startup drafts? Uh, so I would. I love getting him at the three twelve, and I would probably take him late second early third um the draft where he went 901 i was in that league um and that startup happened a couple of months back and after the draft happened i was looking back over the board and i realized oh geez i really should have uh prioritized him maybe i could sneak in there uh he got picked in the ninth maybe trade like six round equivalent and uh you know our fellow games in there was not was not having it and i really thought like how how high would I take him? And as you see here, I mean, I would take him over either Michigan running back. I'd take him over Will Shipley. I'd take him over Branson Robinson. And so in terms of CTC RB ranks, that's falling into that, you know, second, third round zone, you know, um, uh, like you're looking at him like RB six, seven, eight range by that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little spicy. I, I get, uh, but I have a, what I guess the offer that those other premier candidates don't like, what do you like, what makes you so confident about him over them? I think he has at least as good CFF upside as, as most of those players and probably more than, than Branson Robinson, uh, you know, the Georgia running back room, just getting a lot of, a lot of love for a lot of players. But I think he has legit NFL upside. Uh, I've kind of soured on Shipley's NFL upside. I think the NFL told Blake Quorum to go back to school, so I don't I don't anticipate him being making much of an impact. And um, 
you know, Jackson's a big dude. So he checks that size box. I tried to find testing numbers on him today and I, and I couldn't, but many people claim he has great speed. So we'll see about that. One big question mark uh, is his receiving. He, he literally has caught one, one pass in his time at Utah. Uh, so we'll see about that as long as he can show decent receiving ability. But two, I, I like him as being a positional convert. I mean, he was a dual threat quarterback. He was three or four in his class coming in. And that to me just speaks to like a, a leadership guy. You know, if you can play quarterback, people want to play for you. And if you can be, you know, a coach's favorite, you're going to get the ball. Yeah. If you're so, first of all, like he was, I believe he was, he was either a high four star. He might have even been a five on a few boards. He's a I remember four. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I committed to Texas, right? Ends up transferring to Utah, switches positions. And now, like, we're talking about him being an NFL, um, can like an NFL prospect as a running back. Um, very similar to Roscoe Johnson, you know what I mean? Out of like Texas, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, I love uh, Roshan Johnson. Thing. Yeah, I said Roscoe. Ron, Roshan. I was like, mm, that's, a, Thanks, that's, a throw, that's a throwback name. I, I ain't never heard I of know. I know. I remember it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I got to tell you, though, dropping Will Shipley as not having NFL potential throws a dagger in my heart, bro. I'm sorry. I've, I loved Will Shipley since I saw his eighth grade Nike Spark score. I was like, can't nice. wait to draft this guy. I, I think that <laughs> that may have what has been what got me into CTC, too. Is yeah. Like, like I couldn't suffer drafting him in a Debbie League and not getting any points for four years. That's amazing. That's amazing. I yeah, I mean, I don't want to go off too big, but I think Shipley's got like the whole skill set to be able to be a three down back in the NFL. But what's I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope I am too. So from a Canton trade equivalence, right? So when we talk about trade Canton trade equivalence, we're talking about the whole point of the show is going from campus and trading over to Canton, right? So we got to kind of figure out like where does he fit in terms of the equivalence on that Canton side, right? So the NFL draft, that draft capital speaks volumes with rookies and moving them for like bets. So I put down for you, because I just realized the one thing I put down for you that we didn't talk about. I put down day two um, draft capital for him. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I would say, well, let's be honest. So like to be a first round draft pick as a running back is rare. You know what I mean? And if he did that, that'd be historically Not going to happen. Yeah. No, No, it's not. So I feel like day two is totally legit. Um, if it didn't happen, I actually be surprised, honestly, as long as he has the season we expect he's going to have, because I love him too, you know, and you're looking at him as a first round supplemental pick, which I think is a fantastic call, right? I think that <laughs> this is a class that is getting a little bit too much hype. There's certain guys that, you know, like, like Roderick Robinson's a good example. Like he's a guy who like people are like loving because of that that speed that size you know he's a georgia yeah yeah but he's he's stuck behind a lot of guys you know what i mean it's gonna be tougher yeah. to find the field versus a guy that's showing athleticism having that draft capital there has that opportunity to produce so like that's that's a great call man and uh and one of my in my league for c2c i watched jackson get picked i think in the third round and i was like that's a weird pick and then i reflected on i go Oh God, that might have been the best pick of the draft. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? That's, that's good value right there. Yeah, I think I'm salty. I was a little salty on him because he was a guy I was high on as a quarterback. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Like, like your biases, like it's okay. And like, all right, people, here's my here's my here's my little like podium moment with that. Recognize your biases. 
and be okay with it. Just try to figure out where you went wrong there and try to grow from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We needed, we as fantasy players needed to reassess his profile once he made the positional change and it seemingly is effective at it. You know, he washed out as a quarterback. So we all neglected him going forward, but it's sort of, you know, he's, he's almost a new player at this point. And given that he's a new player, um, yeah, uh, in terms of RBs of, of you know, uh, freshman coming in, you know, really close between him and Baxter, who I'd want to have. I think I'd give the edge to Baxter just because I want more years of college production and the chance of being something, but it's very close. I, I can get that. So you consider him over Justice, Hay- Justice Hayes? Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's spicy. I wouldn't, but I'm okay with the take. If you know what I mean? Like, it's not something I'm going to be like, you're crazy. It's like, no, that's fair. Seal it's not where I'm going with it. But Banter I man seal of that. approval. Yeah, there you go. So mid RB2 range in terms of trade. So you're looking at like your Stevensons, like your Dobbins, your Javante Williamses, you know? The Dobbins, I have a problem. I would I would be tricky for me. I would move Ramon J. Stevenson for him in a heartbeat. I'd move Rashad White for him. I'd move yep. Damian Pierce for him. No, I wouldn't I, move like Chubb or Henry or someone with significant point potential on the NFL side for this year. All right. That's spicy, dude. I love that. And <laughs> he's the kind of guy that like, these are the kind of moves, but you know what the thing about it is you don't have to do that to get him. You know what I also mean? Also true. Also true. You know, but you're saying that that's the kind of value that he's going to return on the investment. And that's I what we're trying so. to say. You're trying to get ahead on that. And, I'm also happy being wrong. That's fine, which I think makes oh, us good trade I'm partners sorry. too. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't need to win on paper if I if I get right. my dude. Fair, 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 fair. And I also think that like this is a perfect target if you're that high on him. You could be able to get. You should be able to get 100% exposure on him. You know what I mean? I With want that. to. I want and, to. All right. I don't have him, so I won't trade him to you. No, you can't but, get him from me. I know. I'm, apparently. <laughs> yeah. All right. My first guy. So I'm going a little higher uh, up the board. Uh, this has been bothering me for a few weeks now. Uh, my first guy is Troy Franklin, wide receiver, Oregon, 6'3", 180. Man, that's thin for 6'3". All right. So I, for my startup, I only just – I've been through two startups, so I used the ADP for those two drafts. Uh, so he went 407, which was me, and then 405, which might have actually was, might have been you, but it, I, I traded that pick. Then it must have been Joe. All right. Um, so I believe you can't talk about Joe here. No, we're not talking. Sorry about to interrupt. Hey, that's Joe. another that's another show where we talk about how I win every trade with Joe. <laughs> so um, where I feel Franklin should be going, I feel he's a value in startups in round two. I think he's a steal in round three. And I feel like you're committing like like fantasy felony in round four, you know, Um who would I take Franklin over? Neighbors, Baron Brown, Antonio Williams, Cook, Ennis. So this is a guy that we're looking at who's going to be probably a first-round draft pick in my eyes. And I feel like his floor is round two. Like, he's the kind of guy that he's going to be able to get separation in the NFL. He's got the speeds. He's got – he's a big target – He's got the production. He's doing out of a power five. I think Troy Franklin is grossly underrated and is a fantastic trade target in C2C right now because 
He's probably going to be top 10, definitely top 15 range of wide receiver for production and on in the college side. But you're also getting a guy that has a very, very good lane to being a first-round draft pick. Because you know what he's also going to do is he's going to run fast. Because we all know that people get amped about 40 times, you know? So he's going to be fast. He's going to put up the numbers. He's got production across the board. He's got he's got doing out of the right level of competition, and he's got size. So for me, from I'm looking at it from a rookie pick standpoint. You're looking at a guy that right now is like a late first, early second value who could easily move up into that mid first value, depending on the type of season he has. And also he's playing with Bo Nix, who is also trying to push himself into that regard, into that first round conversation, you know? So he is a fantastic target right now because there's no business of this guy not to be in the second round. So before I get into my player comp, Dave, like I just went off of my soapbox. Like, like how are we feeling about the take? Like, I, I agree with can't, me? I just... cannot disagree with you at all on this. Actually, uh, I you've totally sold me. I wish I had some Troy Franklin. <laughs> My only thing maybe I could uh, pick a pick a bone about is I don't think you can get him for Christian Kirk. I so I probably agree with that. <laughs> I would say that he, if you had Christian Kirk. Plus a pick, right? I could say you could throw Christian Kirk and a sub two, sub three, right? You're going to get people interested. Yep, yep, yep. You know what I mean? Totally. And then you're sure. coming into a guy with a much higher upside. Let's also remember Christian Kirk just finished wide receiver 11 last it's, year. It's true. Oh, I know. You know? I, I traded a lot of Christian Kirk to you last year. <laughs> I And I was thrilled about it. You know I know. I mean? It was good. They were good deals. Yeah, it worked out, man. You know, but I'm just saying, like, Christian Kirk is about where he's at now, you know? So this is where I'm evaluating him as a, as an asset right now, where I believe that he could be going way beyond that. So if you can put Christian Kirk into a Troy Franklin and put a little bit more on that side of that Christian Kirk, you're coming up with a phenomenal asset with a lot more potential, you know? Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong about Kirk because I, like the, everyone's kind of pointing at Calvin Ridley taking away a lot. Like maybe Christian Kirk says who Calvin Ridley, but I don't know. I mean, it's pretty ambiguous there. So we'll have to, we'll have to see how that shakes out. But I think Christian Kirk's a good place to start. All right. All right. Love let's it. go to Dave's next guy. All right, Dave, why don't you introduce your next guy? Go for it. All right. Second guy, Anaya Smith, wide receiver, run, slash running back, Texas A&M, 5'10", 200. Uh, so I've been soaking him up everywhere. Uh, the thirteen twelve here we see. I think uh, I didn't get him at that other thirteen twelve. That was a different league. And then I got him in the fourteen oh eight. Looking back over the boards, I would feel comfortable taking him as high as the seventh round uh, in a lot of these leagues. And again, hard to see with such flexible ADP, but that's almost you know twice as rounds late seven to right. fourteen where you could get him. Um, I'd take him over pretty much any Bama wide receiver at this point. And, and I also said any USC wide receiver of the upperclassmen, I, <laughs> I think, I think I got to take branch and probably lemon over him. Um, but, uh, let's see. A, so A&M, we all like Evan Stewart or people do, we all think Connor Wigman is going to be good, but who, who else do they have? I'm not an A&M fan, but someone's got to touch the ball there. 
And Anais Smith has touched the ball a lot historically. He was injured last year. Two years ago, he was averaging close to 20 points a game. Yep. And uh, he actually made a somewhat impact as a freshman, which is unusual for any A&M player. Um, and that's when Isaiah Spiller was there too. Yes. So I'm uh, killing my flow now by making sure that I was correct there. <laughs> I would look through so many game logs this morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he, he showed up for sure. Um, no, he definitely did. No, I remember that. And I remember like when he was a freshman, the versatility shined immediately. And the NFL seemingly loves versatility these days. Exactly. You know, Devon A. Chain is certainly faster, but also smaller. And he just went in their round two. Um, yep. So I think Anaya Smith could be a day two NFL pick. I think he's probably in for a good season of CFF production. And he's going in the mid-teens. Uh, yep. What am I missing? Catchphrase. I don't. I don't think you're missing. I, I feel like the player no, uh, yeah. top we came up for you was uh, Jonathan Mingo in terms of value, who is another guy that jumped up boards. That was an early second. That he's an early second round pick. Like that's great comp for value in terms of trades. You know. I, I so I took that to be also as who would I trade of an NFL value and, yep. and sort of like any of those buzzy round two uh, rookie pick NFL players who are rookies now uh, coming into the season. Yeah. You know, I don't think I trade Jaden Reed for Anaya Smith, but I would move Mingo. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if I could get him for a supplemental third, I think he's completely forgotten about. I think he's a dude who's really not on anyone's radar. And I'm not sure why, because he's a pretty solid contributor. I love this call, man, because I'm I'm in a similar camp to you. You're a lot more confident because I feel like I just wasn't ready to go off with, the, with off that ledge. I'm with you, man. I'm jumping. Like, <laughs> Join me. Like, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like I was a huge fan. I invested like heavily with into him after he had that that great year at um like I want to say it's two years ago, right? With Smith, two years ago, yeah, two years ago when he had that like that great great year showed a lot of versatility coming off an injury. He's going to come back. He's going to be a big focal point to the offense. He's going to be everywhere on the field. He's going to be in the backfield. He's going to be in the slot. He's going to be out wide. You know, he's he's a guy that is so versatile, so athletic, and he's strong. He is very strong for a smaller guy. He is a heck, a heck of a player. I love this call. Like, when you put this on the sheet, I was like, that's probably the best call of the whole show. Honestly, <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. I think that's the best call of the whole show. Cause I was like, like, this is a guy that where does this guy fit in perfectly? This guy's going to would kill it as a slot in the NFL. You know, he yeah. knows how to get open. He's down thing, back too. slot player, right? Versatile, man. He's going to play wherever, you know? So, and now what's your investment on missing on this guy? It's not much, you know, you know? So like I would, Absolutely say Smith is a fantastic target, and I applaud this call. Thank you. Well one, one one little tidbit, too, where I knew I, I, I felt good about this was when I plugged him into the Campus to Cat and Athletic Comparison Tool, and he is a 85th percentile comparison to Denard Robinson, who's one of my favorite players of all time. So Denard Robinson. And there's, there's a throwback, dude. Shoe I love lace. that one. We all love shoelace. <laughs> So I, I I avoided saying this in your last one because you said you take him over every USC upper class. That's right. But I believe you are definitely wrong on one. <laughs> All right. 
And that, sir, would be Dorian Singer. Wide receiver USC last year out of Arizona, six foot 180. So, and uh, my two draft, my two recent startups, he went 701 to me and 708. Um, again, where do I think X should be going? Because I didn't put the name Singer in there. I'm just going to call him X right now. All right. So, um, round four, my guy territory. Round five, absolute money, man. I'll take him over Lemon. I'll take him over Mario Williams. I'll take him over McMillan. I'll take him over Walker. I'll take him over Benson. I'll take him over all those big names and wide receivers, man. This kid was so dynamic at Arizona, and he just was, like, getting separation all over the field, making just acrobatic catches, put over 1,000 yards, all Big 12, Pac-12, Big 12, all Pac-12. This kid is the guy I think is going to be taking in the most targets at USC this year. The news going to throw the ball out this year. Caleb Williams, probably. Do you know what that Caleb Williams didn't get much better? I don't think. No, it did not. <laughs> um, yeah, I almost put a futures bet on USC being the champs. I want to say it was plus twelve hundred, and then I was like, but that defense, and I did not press submit. <laughs> I don't know if Caleb wins another Heisman because of that defense. Can can a three loss quarterback win the Heisman? I'm not no, sure. A three loss uh, quarterback cannot win the Heisman. So. But at the end of the day, excuse me, if if the wide receiver one for Caleb Williams shows out, NFL draft capital comes in. Absolutely. CFF production comes in. Singer is my bet to be the wide receiver one this year. Yes, Branch is good. He's going to play. He's not going to be the receiver one. Yes, I understand that Jerry Rice has, has a son there. He's not going to be the receiver one. I understand Williams has, has a history there. This is the kid who definitely seems like the best, most, the best all around, the most athletic, and the most ready to contribute right now. I'm all about this kid. So mid, late second round value right now, he's a kid that I actually think could jump in to that early second, late first round talk conversation. Probably early second because 2024 is such a deep, deep, good class. So an early second, and 2024 is probably a late first in most classes because you're talking about like Williams, Harrison, uh, Bowers, uh, Sanders, Henderson. Like it is uh, Ubuka. It's stock, dude. To Quentin you know? Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> well played, dude. You know, <laughs> Troy Franklin. So there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, so I really, really like this kid and where he's going to be. So I, right now, from a value standpoint, I put him in the Marvin Mims territory because I feel like Marvin Mims was a guy that reminds me a lot. Like, Marvin Mims was one of my guys last year because Marvin Mims was, like, one of the only guys who stayed in Oklahoma. And he was he was good since he was a true freshman. Texas high school, all like, freaking legend, dude. You know what I mean? So now we're looking at a singer probably being a guy that's not really talked about and getting but, like, had that production like Mims did. And now people are like, oh, this guy's been good for a while, you know, that he blows up at USC. The whole difference between Mims and Singer is Singer's going to get looked at because of Caleb, you know? So I love this. I love this kid. So why are you taking Smith over this kid? Mm-hmm. Good question. Uh, I think I feel more comfortable about projecting Anias's NFL upside and the fact that uh, he will come out this year. Okay, um, that's fair. I, I, my, I, I too, I'm look back at a startup that I was not in with you, where I also took Dorian Singer. I took him in the seventh, 
as well. So I, I like him in the same zone. Yeah. My, you know, I'm maybe not super bullish that he leads the room in targets. Um, Fair. I, I like him. I'm not sure that it's true. And then if he doesn't, if he doesn't show out this year, does he come out? Maybe not. Maybe he stays a year. Um, and then maybe Branch and Lemon catch up to him a little. And, you know, uh, Nelson has more rapport with those guys. And he doesn't show out a, another season. Not sure. But I, I do like him. I, I, I think it's, you know, I drafted him. I put my money where my mouth is on him yeah. uh, in a C2C. And I've drafted him in, in Debbie uh, this, this year as well. So I'm just curious. Do you have a, a leading candidate for target leader for USC? Uh, if I had to bet, it would be Singer, but I think it's probably pretty close. It's it's okay. probably not a, a big lead. Okay, so we're we're right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're there. We're there. I'm with you. All right, all right. I love this pick, man. You went deep on this one. Big fan of this one. Introduce your next boy. So we got Malik Carr, tight end position. Who might have come? No, he was always a tight end. Uh, at Michigan State now, six foot five, two fifty five, big boy, and he is athletic. Uh, he did play basketball. If you look at his recruiting profile, you'll see, Ooh, two sports. But then you go look it up and you see that actually he, he showed up in one game for the Spartans and didn't register any stats. So we'll take that with a little grain of salt. Uh, where car should be going. I would take him as high as the 25th, but you, you don't need to do that. He goes in the mid thirties regularly. And I've ended up with him twice in the 31st and the 34th. I think they were 36. Um, but yeah. 36, thank you. Comparing him to who I would take over him, I got Theo Johnson, Luke Lache, I think, late Lachi. Yep. And Lachey. Elijah Arroyo. Those are guys here, you know, high on on both uh, CFF production lists and and Devi tight end lists. I don't know that they're gonna meet Carr's level of production this year. Lachi probably does. I'm not sure about his athletic profile. Theo Johnson's supposed to be kind of a freak, but we haven't seen him do anything, and I'm, you know, I've got him hanging on to a couple of rosters. I think right. Malik Carr is a is a day two NFL pick, no problem. Um, and I would trade, you know, let's see here. The Juwan, Juwan Johnson is kind of my is a tough point for me because I'm I do like Juwan Johnson this year, but there's a lot of starting tight ends in the NFL. I would trade for Malik Carr um, easily. Uh, let's see, I think we mentioned Gerald Everett was close. Um, we threw out uh, Higby. I would absolutely Higby. take Carr. I think Carr is in for production. Uh, you know, Keon Coleman's gone, Jaden Reed's gone. Um, Granite Michigan State seemingly took a big step back last year, but uh, kind of like with Anaya Smith, like someone's got to get a lot of work there. Someone needs to get targets. Targets will be soaked up. And I think when it comes to tight ends transition to the NFL, it's all about athletic upside. Dude, I, I like this call. This is one of those your guys' calls. So the other thing, too, about it is is that, like, I'm not a big tight end guy like everybody else is. Blah, 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 you know what I mean? But this is a guy where you're looking at, like, bigger names like, you know, you know like Theo Johnson's the guy who jumps out to me. It's like that Penn State thing, man. Unless you're a Penn State running back, like, you're just hyped. You know what I mean? Penn State running backs put up numbers, right? Everybody else is like, this guy could be great. You know what I mean? So I love the idea of going for Carr and spending up on running receivers where these other he's going to be athletic he's going to be big he's going to come out i love this man this is this is a, this is a really good call um he's a guy that in my startup i just moved up my board that's going to be coming up in a few weeks 
because I would like to see, and I'm going to look around that 25th round, right? Where I'm going to say, like, like, there, you know, I know that I don't have to take him there. Like, who else is there? Fun pick for me from having this conversation with you, <laughs> saying to myself, well, like, and then just like see if the chase comes through. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's I, a good call, man. I, I think tight ends in that zone, you're going to be looking at like, you know, freshman kids who haven't done anything. And, and uh, he's got a chance for, to start for your team a couple of weeks and likely yep. make it to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last guy for the show tonight. All right. So we're looking at my last guy, Kevin Coleman, wide receiver out of Louisville, transfer out of Jackson State. Uh, 5'11", 170. Uh, went in my two startups, went 14, 10, and 801, and the 801 was my pick. I think that Kevin Coleman should be going around round 10. I'll take him over Fleming, Horton, Laycock, Sampson, and, and Malachi Coleman. Dude, I, I like Coleman a lot, like phenomenal athlete. But this kid, man, he looks like a perfect, like a perfect NFL slot. And we're looking at Jeff Brom coming in and putting in that offense that just is going to just put up insane numbers. Plumbers, not sexy. Uh, um, not Jake Plummer. What? Is it Jake Plummer? No. Plummer. No, it's no. I it's think Plummer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. What's his There's first name, players. dude? That's it, it's his. It's his son. Jack yeah, it's Plummer. The Jack Q, Plummer. The QB at Louisville. Jack. Jack Plummer. Yeah, J- oh, is it Jake Plummer. I love name Jake test. Plummer. Name <laughs> test. <laughs> get Jake. Get Plummer, Plummer back in QB. there. Get Plummer, man. You know. So um, I think there's day two upside here too, man. You know what I mean? I think that you're looking at like a late third value. Romeo Dobbs, man. That was a guy that I feel like he has a certain kind of trade value there. Um, in our league, our, our OG league together, I drafted him, Kevin Coleman, with like the 13th because I wanted to know if we had a stash rule. And Andrew said, we do. So I was like, there's no way this kid stays at Jacksonville, at Jackson State, mm, man. Mm. You know? And then once Dion left, he made everything easy. That was you know a great I mean? pick. No, yeah, so like I love this kid, man. He was uh like on the fringe of five star, four star, like high four star. Um, turned out a lot of big big name programs to go to Jackson State. So I I'm all about finding slot guys because I feel like they bring the best value over the guys that are you're looking at the X's. The X's are gonna fetch crazy, crazy, crazy at the beginning of the NFL draft. Slots are gonna be able to be a little bit more like reasonable targets where you're not have to give up as much to go and go out and get them, you know. So, any thoughts on Kevin Coleman? Uh, I uh, similarly to Troy Franklin, you have sold me, and I wish I had more. Uh, I don't have any Kevin Coleman. Um, I don't. I guess he wasn't on my radar last year, and yeah, like I would love the Louisville landing spot for for him. That's great. Uh, yeah. I'm not convinced that Jabari Thrash is the guy. Uh, yeah. So you know, let's see what happens there. That seems like great CFF production, and as we've talked yep. about, you know, college points lead to NFL potential. So. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that, like, we're looking at him probably two years. Well, at least two years. He can't come out this year, right? So you're looking at two years of CFF, maybe three. He might be a guy who goes four. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I I love this pick a lot. All right, rapid fire. Honorable mentions. I'll do my list real quick. So I went from each class. So eligible for this year, Jacob Cowing out of Arizona. I'm not going to jump into him too deep. Because he's going to be in my, my favorite trade targets episode coming up soon. 2025, Damian Martinez. 
out of Oregon State. That kid balled out, and he's going still really late in startups. Like, I get it. Like, you know, he's a bigger back. He's not, like, explosive. But, you know, the respect is not there. And then my last one is Jalen Hale. High-end, top six wide receiver recruit coming out of fresh out of that freshman class. Athletic as all can be. Opportunity ahead of him. Went to Alabama. Recency bias on that Alabama freshman class that everybody loved that fell flat on its face, right? We we can't compare those two things, man. That's dangerous territory. It's a different type. <laughs> Don't blame him for what happened with them. So I like the idea of where Hale's value is coming in and a lot of um, freshman drafts or supplemental drafts, I should say. All right. Go ahead, Dave. Let's hear yours. Boom. Uh, Cameron Cook, freshman uh, running back at TCU. I really like the whole TCU RB room with, you know, Trey Sanders is seemingly the starter there. I know the, TCU was just good. Sonny Dex just won yep. the coach of the year. Like, and they're completely forgotten. All the all of their players are extremely cheap. So something to be to look out there. Caden Feagan, freshman uh, running back at Illinois. I think he has a chance to play this year. And then that's great CFF production for maybe four years, at least three. Um, two freshmen who I regrettably did not draft in our most recent startup because I ran out of picks, uh, in the early thirties, cause I'm a college degenerate, but Jamorian Carroll at, uh, SMU and Devin McEwen at UTSA, both really just sort of CFF producer guys, three-star, uh, really, you know, sp speed, love the, love the system there. So those two are just like, you know, la literally last round picks. I look forward to grabbing them in waivers if no one listens to the show who's in our other <laughs> leagues. And then uh, Devin Smith, uh, he has tight end, tight end positional this, on fan tracks. I've seen people say he's number two in the depth chart in Western Kentucky. I've seen people say he's number four in the depth chart in Western Kentucky. So there's an opportunity there if your league mates are neglecting him. And then Jaden Ballard right now is the third receiver in, uh, in Ohio State. Uh, he was maybe the fourth in his class coming in two years ago. He's returned punts and kicks, which if you ever read any of John Moore's work about the phenom score, if you return, if you do have special teams work, your likelihood of NFL success is much higher. Um, should Agbuka or Harrison go down, he seemingly will step up and fill that void. So Ballard is very cheap as well. I love him, man. I love that. I got my first Caden share like this week. I was very excited about it. All right. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening in or watching, depending on how you're taking this. You can follow me at FF underscore Bandman on Twitter. You can follow the show at C2C Trade Portal. Uh, the next time on the show, I'm going to be sharing some of my favorite trade targets. Dave, man, this was fun, man. It was this awesome was for us. Thank you so much for inviting me. You'll, you'll be back, man. You Good. will definitely be back. <laughs> and I'll probably be sending you a trade by the end of the night. All right. I'll, I'll probably accept it because it'll be a good you you open you send strong opening offers. That's that's what I shoot for here. All right. And I'll teach all of you how to do that too. All right. Happy trading, everybody. <laughs>